Welcome to Humanity Shines with Shelly Nagel. This podcast features people from all walks of life, their ups and downs, and what inspires them. Today, we have Cody Blackbird joining us from Phoenix, Arizona. He's a world-renowned Native American flute player and the lead singer and co-founder of the award-winning rock band Blackbird. Hi, Cody. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. So I wanted to start out, um, I'm curious about your childhood. Yeah, so I kind of grew up all over. My dad worked for the government, for the USDA. Mm -hmm. Um, So I spent time in Idaho. I was born out east. Uh Uh, One side of the family is from West Virginia, Ohio area. So at that time, we were living there. Uh, moved to Idaho, was there for like six years, and then spent most of my childhood and graduated high school up in Alaska. And so Alaska is really where I consider home. Uh-huh. Uh, we would spend our summers uh, back home in South Dakota, uh, dad's side of the family, um, ceremony time and just visiting, and then uh, school years and, and the rest of the time up in Alaska. Is your dad from a tribe in South Dakota? So my dad's uh, side of the family is from Siston, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the family now lives, uh, an extended family lives uh, Black Hills area. Okay. Uh, then we would go to a uh, ceremony out in Cheyenne River, um, Rosebud a couple times as well. And then we've got family all throughout South Dakota and extended family as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I wanted to ask you how you got involved in playing your music and playing the flute. When did that start? So I've always been around uh, growing up, was always around uh, traditional music, whether, you know, in in ceremony or powwow or or wherever it may be, or seeing, you know, different musicians in concert. And uh, flute was just, I was a very hyper kid. I was diagnosed with ADHD and flute music and you know ceremonial music were like the two types of music that I could listen to at night and it would like slow down my brain to where I could sleep and actually get a you know good night's sleep and um we were up in Alaska and I saw a band by the name of Medicine Dream that incorporates native flute into contemporary rock and it was just like I want to play flute like I've listened to them my whole life I've been around it there's you know flutist that I look up to for what they do I want to play flute and I asked my dad if he would buy me a flute and he was like you know this is going to be like everything else you're going to pick it up play with it and then never touch it again and um he uh was completely wrong on that aspect yeah I never put it down it was uh he would have to take it away from me when I was doing my because I wouldn't do my homework oh playing the flute like nonstop. He'd be like, do you do, do your homework? I'd be like, uh, uh, no. Uh, he's like, Give me the flute, do your homework. You can have it back after. How and old were you when you started playing the flute? Eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. And, um, it just kind of took off from there. It's just a very much, uh, an instrument that I felt, you know, connected with and, and that I could, uh, excel at and never put it down since. Who taught you how to play the flute? Uh, I'm totally self-taught. I just, wow. I, from videos um, and watching, 
uh, other flutists and kind of, you know, drawing um, techniques and, and different different um, ways to play from tons of different artists that I just immersed myself in to be able to teach myself how to play. Wow. So you started playing around eight or nine, and then I know that you've performed all over the world with playing your flute. What was your first performance that you did? Oh, that... Um, I have to jog the memory bank. Uh, first performance that I did on flute would probably have to be And a local, probably uh, up at a, a powwow that was called the Eklutna powwow. It's in the uh, Eklutna Athabascan um, uh, land outside of Anchorage. And I think that was the first time I ever played in front of a microphone. Mm -hmm. uh, but then there were other opportunities where I got to open up for Medicine Dream, got to play at the Alaska Native Heritage Center for their you know community gatherings that they would have. So I would say it had to be in something around that circle of either mm -hmm. pop out or, you know, being called up to be able to play a song before another another group went up, something like that. Yeah. Can you tell me about some of the places that you've gone to for playing your flute and those experiences? Sure. Uh, my first international trip uh, for for the flute was I went to Australia for a month, um, went over there for a um a gathering that they have all over the world where indigenous people come together it's called spiritual unity of the tribes um and so i went over there to play for that and to be a part of that um, my uncle is one of the um people and and um you know elders who founded that along with some other elders from i believe siberia and alaska oh, wow. back into the 80s i want to say uh-huh and so it's been happening, you know, every four years all across the world. And uh, I got to go that, and then I did some other gigs around the Melbourne area, mm -hmm. and um, been to Japan as well. Wow! Times uh, for uh, two different tours over there. How did you like Japan? Uh, Japan is is totally my. I, I don't want to say the favorite, most favorite place I've traveled, but it's it's up there. It's definitely one of the one of the top. Yeah. Lot. So you've been to Japan and all these different places, and you've been playing flute so since about like eight, right? You said, yeah. I know that you're also in this rock band as well that you founded. So when did that come about, and can you tell us all about that? Yeah. So I had gotten uh, asked to um, perform for a um, anti-uranium. I believe it was uranium. It was a anti-mining type event in the Black Hills. And uh, a couple of the organizers were like, hey, Cody, have you ever played with a band? And because I was just touring as a solo act at that time. How old were you about? Uh, like 20, 20, 21, 22, somewhere in there. Okay. And um, I said, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I have um, I've sat in with, you know, other bands and other artists and I've just never had my own band. I totally feel comfortable with it if we can make it happen. And we started pulling some strings together and, and getting people together that we knew in the Rapid City area, um, and 
formed a backing band for my performance there and it just really came together well and I was like oh yeah okay this is this is something I want, this is the direction I want to go with the music mm-hmm. and um it was very much you know all instrumental at that point you know jam band kind of just mm-hmm. alternative rock meets blues rock reggae you name it we just yeah fun um, and then it evolved from there. I, I think maybe a couple years after that, we actually formed uh, Cody Blackbird Band, um, and then went on from there, evolving and just creating. That's amazing. Can you tell me about some of the different artists that you've played with and venues with the Blackbird Band? Yeah. So we've got a uh, we played all over before COVID. We we're on the road like eight to ten months out of the year. Wow. Uh, really hitting it hard and uh you know playing every opportunity we could and then through covid we started focusing on you know uh, recording and production because you know we couldn't tour so we're at home so just write record produce and um uh so i you know going back to the question i guess people that we've gotten to perform with it's it's really uh been a extensive list of people i guess just from you know, names of name celebrities that we've gotten to either sit in with or play with or share the festival stage with to just amazing, you know, musicians in and out. Uh, Jackson Brown, I got to go into his studio a couple years ago and record some flute for an upcoming John Trudell project that he's producing. Wow. Um, we're currently working with uh, John Popper, Blues Traveler, right now, who's featuring on a couple of our songs. Very cool. Shared the bill with Jewel, AWOL Nation. Um, it's just been a, a long list of uh, amazing people that we've been to, been able to to meet along the way. That's awesome. Can you talk about, too, I know that you're very connected to your spirituality and culture and how that has influenced your music? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's, well, I guess that has had a huge influence on the music. Uh, just coming from, you know, those, um, I guess, culturally wise, coming from the aspect of thought that uh, we have as Indigenous people when it comes to, you know, our rights as people, mm-hmm. the struggles that we go through within our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself, I'm, I've dealt with mental health my whole life. I'm a suicide survivor. Yeah. Uh, and, and ceremony, culture, and spirituality has held a huge role in me able to make it through those times um, and make it back from those times, if you will. Um, so I, I definitely feel that it's had a huge significant role in the direction that we've gone just as far as, um, you know, keeping us grounded and, and mm-hmm. being able to remember where we came from. That's and, awesome. Yeah. What inspires you as an artist, where do you find inspiration from? Oh, uh, that's that's such a broad question. question. Yeah. yeah, such a broad question. Um, yeah. It really everything and anything. I'm always like, I was watching NCIS the other night, and yeah. there was a quote, and I I was like, real quick, like pause, put that in my notes. You know, it was just like, oh, that could like that one quote could be a whole song, and it was uh. Uh, Ducky from NCIS. He said, "Is she's the only, she's the only woman who ever ever left her fingerprint on my heart." 
And I was like, how like you could write a whole song about, you know, she left her fingerprint on my heart. And just so everything, I mean, I to me, I look at everything musically and, oh, that could be a song, this could be a song. Um, I've heard flute-wise, I've heard melodies from, you know, birds going back and forth that have turned into songs that we've recorded. And, you know, that'll be the hook of, you know, the, the flute solo or whatever it may be. So really, I just look for inspiration all around me because I think that's something that you can easily... Uh, walk away from a good thing if you're not paying attention because inspiration is all around us every day. Wow. That's incredible. Cody, I would love for you to share about your upcoming music and projects that you have in the works. So as I said, we had um, been recording and writing all through COVID. Uh, We had really uh, just stacked ammo, you know, a lot of different songs that we were like, okay, this is this is here, let's just use this as excess paint and, you know, take from everything, take our best pieces from everything we've done so far and see what we could do. And uh, so we got into the studio, we've been recording the past few months and um, on on that selection of what we wanted to go forward with and working with a few different producers, um, working with some producers out of Cash Cabin in Nashville right now. Cool. Producer down in... Uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and then Jason Cropper of Weezer uh, we're working with as well. And so we've got uh, three EPs that are coming out. Amazing. Uh, May, June, and July. And then in July, when the third EP releases, those three EPs will be condensed onto one CD and vinyl. Um, so it'll be one project, but it's going to be released in three different segments of of kind of like you know, because each one is is kind of separate in its its own way of where we were when we were writing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of want to release some of these little party packs and then kind of <laughs> together. So we're excited about that. And um, like I said, John Popper from Blues Traveler, who's one of my musical heroes. That's amazing. Uh, link up with him over the past year and, um, you know, asked if he would jump on these songs. And he was like, absolutely. So. We're um, gearing up for those. Like I said, first one drops in May. Ah, I love it. Are you guys planning on going on tour anytime soon? We are. So um, we are hitting the road in late July and we'll be gone most of July, August. Um, all of August and half of August and September are going to be out on the East Coast, New York, we're doing some festivals in Buffalo. We're doing the Shinnecock Nation powwow out in the Hamptons. Uh, and then we're going to be doing, definitely hitting up our, our normal target cities along the way, which Chicago, mm-hmm. Asheville, Knoxville, Asheville, and Charlotte. So we'll be coming through that way as well. And then coming back in October, um, all of October is the West Coast. We're going to be doing California some Arizona shows, Oregon, Washington, and possibly British Columbia. Okay. All right. Love it. Yeah. Excited. What's What's your favorite thing about being on the road? Well, it used to be the fact um, that, like, I never enjoyed being home, and it wasn't, <laughs> like, it, it could be, like, anywhere. You know, yeah. you put me in the nicest mansion and the 
tallest hillside, whatever, with everything I needed. And I would still be sitting at home fidgeting, like, when can I go? Yeah. I've just never been the type to sit at home. But then COVID came. Uh-huh. And so yeah. for six months of COVID, we're like, stir crazy. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know. Yeah, I can't do this. And then I started to like it. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, yeah. Being home, you know, you can can get a lot done and just leave when you need to sort of thing. Don't have yeah. to go, go, go. So I now being on the road for me is just living in the moment, having fun. Yeah. You know, music with with uh, your friends, mm-hmm. and getting to meet new people, and and that's what I look forward to. Which is something that I always look forward to as as well. But mm-hmm. now, very much so, I'm like, okay, when do I get home? Uh, yeah. So it's it's kind of changed in that aspect, but I'm looking forward to it because it's been three years since we've been on the road for longer than two weeks. Yeah, because of COVID, and yeah. Do you have a favorite city in the United States that you like to go to? There's a couple. I'm I love LA. Uh-huh. Um Miami's another one. Well, I I guess Hollywood, uh more the res side of Miami. Uh-huh. And um I love Chicago. Chicago. Okay. But if you know, and I'm a little biased on this one, but Anchorage, Alaska takes the top of all that, but I just didn't name that cuz that's home, so I figured, you know. Yeah. But yeah. What was one of your favorite things about growing up in Alaska? Oh, there's Alaska has so much to offer as far as um, you know, and I don't I don't just mean like things to do, but culture. I believe there's over two hundred and sixty languages spoken in um the Matsu Valley, which wow. is Anchorage in the Valley comprised around it. Um, so you just have, t- it's a melting pot of culture. Uh, the, the food is amazing because of that, you know, you can have anything and never everything you want. And, Ooh. um, you know, we've got class act, uh, performing arts center where growing up, I got to experience some, you know, of the top touring acts that would come through and, and come and play there. So entertainment was there. Yeah, it's just uh, one of my favorite places because of of everything around it, and the people are are amazing. I love love it. Uh, but if I had to choose one, I'd say fishing. I, I really you like to fish. Yeah, well, not everywhere, but in, you take me home to Alaska, I'll be like, game on, let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, um, but it's just an amazing place in the in the regards of the people and the culture around it. Wow. I've never been there. I've heard great things. And the scenery, the wildlife looks incredible. So I, I definitely... I grow up, like, we uh, had stairs from our front door and then, like, a little landing and then uh-huh. go down some more stairs. So that landing was about maybe eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. And we'd walk down and we had a flower bed on top of the landing. And so in the mornings, you'd be like, oh, can't go down the stairs right now. There's a moose right there. Just eating the flowers or eating whatever and you're like you know, seriously oh yeah <laughs> and when i was little before i knew that they were dangerous because i mean <laughs> you hear all the time like don't go near the moose they're dangerous but uh-huh. it usually takes like you know some age before you you know or discovery i guess discovery yeah 
And, um, but yeah, no, I remember it was right after Easter and I had a chocolate bar and I broke off a piece of chocolate and I mixed it with grass and I just went down and fed the moose because I'm always, you know, feeding horses when I'm back home. So uh-huh. just like, oh yeah, you know, feed it the same way and put my hand out. And uh, I was like, oh, my mom was like, you should not have given that moose chocolate. That probably wasn't a good idea. And I was like, oh yeah, probably not a good idea. Right. And but just the fact that I fed a moose, like, that's one of my, my all-time favorite stories of, like, hey, look, you know. And the moose just ate it and left you alone after that? Yeah, just ate it and left me alone. Yeah. My brother got chased by a moose once. Oh. Got chased by a moose. And that was his discovery story. Got it. <laughs> you know, mine was the fear that I might have hurt the moose with human food. His was getting chased by a moose. Yeah, I've seen some pretty interesting videos on Instagram with mooses, like, going after people. So. I yeah. guess you must have the charm. You know, I just lucky, I guess. I remember one time we were hiking up there and um, my dad, he was like, hey, why don't we stop? You know, why don't we hurry back to the car? But mm-hmm. don't walk too fast. Just walk normally because we're not like picking berries or something off to the side of the trail. And he's like, hey. And we got down to the trail and he was like, oh, yeah, there was a, a grizzly bear and her cubs about 10 feet away from us over in the bushes. And she was really looking at us like, which way are you going to go? And so, uh, you know, they, you're, you're living on their land, so to speak up there. And, and absolutely, uh, it's one of the things I, I absolutely love is just the fact that it's untarnished nature in that aspect. Yeah. Miles outside of the city or not even a few miles, just in the city. Ah, oh, that sounds great. Right. Like, yeah. Well, Cody, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm going to put all your contact info in the show notes because you're an incredible musician. So y'all look him up. He's great. And thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Okay.